sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. We interrupt this introduction of the Pirate Monk Podcast to inform the listeners that Dr. Tom Mocha, who was previously interviewed during this segment of the show, will not be heard because I somehow messed up the microphone. However, enjoy listening to the remaining parts of the conversation cobbled together in a possibly coherent way. We now return you to this segment of the Pirate Monk Podcast. And so what we're talking about is the 2021 Samson Coast to Coast Road Cruise, where we're actually going to, uh, we're, we're going to get a tour bus, a fancy freaking uh, rock star tour bus, wrap it in pirate flags and pirate monks, uh, and it's got bunks on it. So it can sleep a dozen there's, guys, so it needs a crew. There's bunks for monks? <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's great. Um, and we are going to go city to city, um, encouraging, we're going to model vulnerability and authenticity, and we're going to encourage authentic friendship. We're going to foster honest conversation. Uh, we're going to help strengthen existing relationships in those cities and help form new ones. We're going to bring people together who have a common vulnerability, common interest, but haven't really met each other yet. So, have I, and I heard that you're fostering both vulnerability and authentic relationship by coming off the bus naked <laughs> and just hugging people like real close. Is uh, that, is that a true thing I heard? <laughs> Don't tempt me. Is it a dare? <laughs> Make it a dare. Yeah. So, so this is a, this is a combination retreat mission trip. Actually, the the, the people who are going to get the most out of it are the guys who crew the bus, right? And and uh, they'll sign up for a hitch for a cruise. They'll come for what three days, five days, seven days, depending on what they can handle. Right. Is there is there some kind of qualification to be a, a crew member, a crew mate? There will be expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be roles uh, to fill, and somebody will always serve as first mate to do orientation. Um, and we're going to we're going to make each stop with a specific purpose in mind. And there'll be some jobs that have to be done. There's going to mm-hmm. you know a merch table is going to. But mostly what we want, mostly what we're there to do is to lead by example and to engage as many guys as we can while we're there, uh, whatever our personal constitution will, will allow us to do, mm-hmm. uh, to give as many men as possible an authentic Samson experience while we're there. Man, I'm just thinking about you watching Survivor yeah, recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you're saying Escape from Isolation Island, I'm just thinking... You can get voted onto Isolation <laughs> Island, but only you can vote yourself off. There you go. There you go. Get on the bus. <laughs> I'm full of it tonight. Come on. So what this is not now, it has an event feel, and and there will it will at least that first night is going to be uh, an event. Uh, it'll be somewhat programmed when we show up at a given sit town. So we okay. want to stay a couple nights. In yeah. town. It's, it's not, we show up, we do an hour, we load back on the bus and leave. We are not going to do that because you can't, you can't accomplish what we want to accomplish. Which is to hang out with people. Right. Yeah. We're coming to hang out. So we're going to coming to hang out for at least two days, two to maybe three. Yeah. Always some fun too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it isn't all just deep, serious, uh, you know conversation about, you know, porn addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever it is a guy's battling. Uh, yeah, so there will be kind of an event feel. Here's what we, here's what we are hoping to do. We're going to partner with other networks. We have our, a network of our own. We've got names uh, 
email addresses and zip codes for quite a few thousand guys. Oh man! And if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, we're looking in your kitchen window. <laughs> <laughs> No, the guys who volunteer, uh, they've had enough. Maybe they not, they may not even be active in Samson right now, or maybe their group's not meeting, or maybe they're, you know, whatever. We're going to let those guys know. We know where they are in the major metropolitan areas. When we're coming to, to an area, we're going to let those guys know in advance that we're coming. Uh, we're going to set up. We have not uh, set up the itinerary yet. Oh, <laughs> That's right. Right, right, right. Uh, but if you want us to come to your city, you're going to have to have you're going to have to do a, some work on the ground yourself. There's going to have to be some teamwork there, some organization that you're going to have to do to play host. I mean, this goes back to it not being some big event. It's not trying to be yeah a, a thing other than man. There's. Uh, do you remember who introduced you to Allie? Sure. See, it took you no time at all. Yeah. There's nothing cooler than getting to introduce people who become intimate friends yeah. and relationships to one another. Yeah. yeah. That's worth the time. Yeah. So that's what this is about. Yeah. Like, okay, you've got a small group in an area. Well, there might be more guys that you don't even know are in the area. We want to introduce you. We want to hang out. We don't want it to be about us. We want to just... Come freaking hang out for a couple days. Yeah. So uh, if we work with some other partners, uh, Covenant Eyes, for example, uh, it can promote within a market to uh, – we don't have a firm commitment from them, them at this point, but we've got interest in their uh, – yeah, crossing our fingers – that they will alert guys f- f- who uh, subscribe by whatever means – uh, they're not going to compromise anybody's uh, privacy. They're not going to give us that information. But they can at least promote to their folks to let them know that we're coming. Uh, they uh, will knock on your kitchen window <laughs> and ask if it's okay if we also, for us to join the bushes. If we also can uh, network with Christian counselors, Association of Christian Counselors, uh, with CSATs, uh, it is to the benefit of a Christian counselor to, uh, to have Samson provide support between sessions, and it's to the benefit of Samson to have their guys in competent therapy. So that's a natural. So if, if we get enough of the word out in advance, uh, we're a partner with other networks so that, so that guys who are prime for Samson, they, they need it and maybe uh, are at that point in their lives where they're receptive to doing something different. We can get those guys together. Yeah, and I want to make it clear that, I mean, when you talk to me about this, this isn't about focusing on porn or any right, particular right. addiction. This is about helping to foster just genuine, authentic community where people learn to be honest with each other. That's like, it. That's it. Yeah. So when when you think people, when you say people who are primed for Samson, what you mean is people who are like, can somebody actually know me? Yeah. Please? Anybody? Yeah. Let me know. I'm ready. <laughs> and you know what? That's that's all around us. But we just got to get in the same place at the same time. So this is not rocket surgery. This is. It's just are there are there people there? Uh, do you want to be a part of it? Well, let us know. Yeah. Now we've set up. We already have a tour manager, a highly competent, highly skilled, dedicated tour manager. Oh, and by the way, when you set up your support team if we're coming to your town uh samson wives and girlfriends are eligible to participate as support staff and our our uh, tour manager is uh is actually a samson wife so this is next march april so you've got time uh not to procrastinate but to let us know and for us to to yeah. go. So anything else we need to know or tell people about November? Yeah. So the way it's going to go, um, we're actually eliminating semi-private rooms. We do have guys, quite a few guys who've already registered for semi-private rooms. Those are full. We had 14 guys register for those. Uh, but we're opening up more single rooms. We're converting everything to uh, those small rooms are all going to be singles. Um, 
And then bunk rooms that are set up in the lodges and in the cabins that are set up to sleep 14 will only sleep three. And that will enable us to uh, sleep uh, 88 registrants uh, and uh, a staff of 12 brings us to 100 guys. But we're already at 64. We only got 24 slots left. We're going to do a virtual version of the retreat uh, a week or two later. We haven't settled on the date yet. It depends on how quickly we can edit stuff. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, John Lynch's presentations and uh, the workshops will be videotaped. Mm -hmm. But then we will, uh, you'll be able to register for a virtual retreat where you won't just sit and watch videos. It's actually going to be... Uh, no, yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to do some live stuff, we're right? We're going to do live stuff as well. well Cut away for taped pieces. But also we'll use the, the, uh, the breakout room capabilities mm -hmm. of Zoom to have small group experience. We'll have personal experience. So we're, uh, we're going to put some time and thought and effort. We're going to have a green screen so that we can uh, hang out with guys from Paris and other amazing locations. Oh, really? It's going to be fantastic. You've still got your green screen thing, right? <laughs> I know you do. I remember that thing. Uh, but no, we're gonna we're going to help like with the group of people. It's gonna be put together in a way that you feel like, okay, I couldn't go, but I'm gonna get in some small groups with some guys. I'm gonna hear some important information for my life. It's gonna be awesome. Okay. Yeah, and we're actually and we're gonna pay you eighty dollars to come and be a part of it. Well, no, that's no, that, what? No, that's what? not no, actually that's, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was just I was excited. <laughs> All right, so look for that. There'll be a. We'll have to. We'll put up a new registration page as soon as we get the details worked out for the virtual retreat. Meanwhile, only at the as of this moment, right here on Monday evening, the twenty fifth of August, there are twenty. 24th. There are uh, 24 beds left. That's all. So is there a way for people that want to be a part of the virtual, they just write in and say... Yeah. If you have registered for the, in the, uh, for, for the retreat in EVA, and now, you know, the, the ways the situation has worked out, you don't quite feel comfortable making the trip, you're going to opt for the virtual instead. You can get a full refund. And that frees up a bed for somebody else who wants to make the trip. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and if you want to just do the virtual, is there a separate yeah. thing? There'll be a separate registration. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's coming soon, so yeah. keep a keep a yeah. lookout. All right, we've got an interesting conversation today. Totally unexpected direction. Uh -huh. I'm excited. So, uh, is there anything else for these pieces, or I, can we jump right into I that? I think we've got it covered. Nice. And let me say one more time, Nate, running off the bus naked, big hug, and we'll be right back here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. <laughs> a winter's day In a deep and dark December From my window to the streets below On a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow I am a rock, I am an island I build walls A fortress deep and mighty No need of friendship, friendship causes pain It's laughter and it's loving I disdain I am a rock, I am an island Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast Well, uh, Aaron, I... As I told you in our conversation early this morning, it's amazing to me how quickly you moved to find us a guest when I named a topic. I told you about this book that has captured my attention that I've been reading over the last few days, a book called Quiet. It's about introverts. Uh, and I thought that I would, initially when I picked the book up, I thought I would learn about other people 
Uh-huh. Because right. 40 years ago, when I took the Myers-Briggs, I was diagnosed, or I guess self-diagnosed. Diagnosed. Uh-huh. Yeah, as an ENFP. That first letter, E, stands for extrovert. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have been... So you were, you were an extrovert in the Myers-Briggs. I had told myself at least. I, now I wonder really how accurate the test was. I wonder whether that was really an aspirational diagnosis, that I was answering the questions the way I wanted to be more than the way I am. So you were mask, you were mask wearing for yourself and Myers and Briggs, whoever the hell they are. <laughs> it could well be. Or perhaps I'm one of these weird people that apparently, I mean, I hadn't heard the term before. Uh-oh, and, and he's going to say it. He's going to say it. Go not, ahead. And I get no explanation, no, no description of it in the book, except to say that it is a thing, and that there is such a thing as an ambivert. Oh, man. You know what? We should bring in our special guest. We've got Carolyn Weil here with us, psychologist. Uh, her husband was on this show talking about water in Africa. Okay. Uh, how many years ago? Quite a while ago. So we've got a spousal pair coming in. Okay. All right. She, she has an opinion about you ambiverts or wannabe ambiverts. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tip my hand with it. Uh, hey, Carolyn. Hi, gentlemen. Nice to be here with you. That was a horrible introduction, wasn't it? It was great. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit combative. Well, yeah, but let me let me take this just a little bit further, and then okay. I want to question Carol. So. Um, the premise of the book is, uh, one of the main premises of the book, is that America is kind of devoted to what she calls the extrovert ideal. Mm, man, okay. The idea that extroverts, at least when it comes to leadership, are superior that in, to introverts, that, that to be introverted to be, is to be shy, to be retiring, perhaps to be antisocial, uh, and, and certainly not to be much of a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we tend to elevate into leadership positions or allow people to ascend to leadership positions if they are extroverted or act in an extroverted manner. Now, she makes a pretty convincing case that extroverts, although they can be great leaders, are not necessarily great leaders just because they're extroverts. No, they could just be assholes. It's possible. They could be really good at keep getting people to follow them in the wrong direction. Sure. Well, uh, while at the same time, some of the gr- best leaders and the most effective leaders uh, have been, by nature, introverts. Okay, wait, did, did she have uh, examples of this? I'm curious. Oh, sure, sure. Well, such as? Such as, of course, you're going to, you're going to, uh, uh, <laughs> such as Gandhi, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, Bill Gates, she lists a whole bunch of did them. Did she consider Gandhi was an introvert because? Well, never mind. Okay. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. <laughs> it was going to be bad. And, and, but she says, one is not superior to the other. She makes the case, uh, and she says that in the East, it's wonderful. She talks about how in Asia, extroverts are looked upon with suspicion as being too proud. And people, uh, and actually to be esteemed as a leader in many countries in the East, it's an advantage to be an introvert, to be quiet. Okay, I I know Carolyn has stuff to say about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Carolyn, you got you have issues because you are an introvert. And I am definitely an introvert who has okay. taught yes. classes uh, that, in part, have addressed introversion and right. extroversion. Yeah, and the gifts of introversion. So uh, you have some some ideas about what people assume about introverts. Give it to us. They think that you guys don't like anybody. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that's changing, and partly because of this book that Nate is reading. But yes, I think for many, many years, that has been the assumption that introverts don't like people. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the definition of an introvert. Extroverts like people, introverts don't. And so we kind of got put in this category of everybody who is shy or who is Uh, incapable of being in a social situation or just doesn't like it. Um, That's what an introvert is. And so, of course, nobody wants to be described as that. That's really negative, and nobody wants to to think of themselves that way. Um, So I think a lot of people have done what it sounds like maybe you did, Nate, which is try to describe yourself as more of an extrovert Mm -hmm. because an introvert was a negative thing. We wanted to avoid that, definitely. Um, But yes, I think the most important thing that introverts want people to know is that we do like people. We need people just like everybody else. 
we are just exhausted by people. And all of those things can all exist all at the same time. Yes. We can have all of those feelings at one time. Wait, let me, let me just say that back to you again, because it sounded negative even when you said it, which is what the problem <laughs> is. Yes. You said, yeah, we can like people, we can want to engage people, but we're exhausted by people. That sounds negative. Ex- well... Yeah, go ahead, Nate. Susan Cain, the author of the book, uh-huh. makes the case, she goes neurobiological on us and makes the case that introversion is actually a function of a brain difference, which is measurable, uh, that has to do with sensitivity to stimuli. Uh, and that introverts are highly sensitive or more highly sensitive than extroverts and so get quickly overwhelmed. Uh, extroverts do their best thinking when they, uh, they love deep conversation and want to go deep, typically, uh, in, in conversations, uh, in, in one on, they're more comfortable in one-on-one conversations and going deep, and have to, uh, and do their best thinking in quiet reflection. But, uh, and she also makes the interesting case, which I have now seen uh, echoed in a few websites that I checked out, uh, there's a there's a possibility that introverts, that that sensitivity also makes them somewhat more susceptible than extroverts to addiction. Oh, okay, Carolyn, I'm going to read some stuff and I want you to respond. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Oh my gosh, Nate, you're skipping over all my notes. I loved knowing what we were talking about today. By the way, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This, this is from a place called Clear Sky Recovery Program. Mm-hmm. So I want both yours and Carolyn's opinion on this, okay? Yeah. Uh, they said, this is about extroverts and addiction. When it comes to drinking and using drugs, it's often no big surprise that some extroverts enjoy consumption and partying to excess uh, parties are fun and draw a crowd and blah, blah, blah. Let's, let me skip down. So unfortunately, continued frequent use can grow into abuse and later addiction. They go on to say extroverts have some advantages in recovery programs. First of all, most recovery programs are designed with groups in mind. Mm-hmm. Extroverts will enjoy meeting new people and sharing their story and experiences with them. They're likely open to developing new relationships and recovery program, both with their counselors and therapists, as well as program participants. Uh, They tend to do well in group therapy. Okay, then they go down. Well, uh, I'll give you this. On the other hand, extroverts may experience unique challenges in their recovery as well. The transition from user to clean and sober can be difficult for them having to give up the party lifestyle and move away from existing social circles. That can be difficult. Now... We have to bring in internet addiction is a very different thing in that regard. All right, so here's the introvert side. Although addiction can happen to anyone, many experts believe that introverts are more susceptible to it than extroverts. The reasons for this are numerous. First of all, introverts may be initially drawn to using drugs and alcohol in an effort to feel or appear more extroverted to fit in. This can quickly escalate into a problem for the independent and introspective introvert. And when it does, introverts are more likely to use alone and are less likely to reach out for others to help. When they do eventually seek help, they have a hard time coping in a sober living facility due to the emphasis on group work. And they struggle to interact in groups due to the limited alone time allowed in many rehabilitation programs. Fascinating. So uh, let's start with you, Carolyn. Give me, give me your thoughts on that. I think the introvert piece is important and in that introverts a lot of times are using either alcohol or drugs because they feel like they need to in order to become more like an introvert or an extrovert. Right. Or become comfortable in a social situation. And so feeling like you need that is obviously going to be a a difficult step in the addiction piece. Um, But the other part of it that I think is is, um, significant too is that when we face addiction or anything that's difficult or hard, a lot of times we withdraw. And when an extrovert withdraws, it's noticed. People notice that they're not as outgoing and talkative and they're asking why and Mm -hmm. trying to help. When an introvert withdraws, a lot of times it's just thought, well, she's quiet but she's always quiet so what are you talking about when extroverts withdraw that they're noticed that's ridiculous (laughs) 
so I think that is a, a significant piece too, um, in terms of either seeking help or other people noticing and being willing to help, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to come back to that, but I want Nate to respond to those two comments from that uh, rehabilitation center. Yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense to me. And I and I do think, you know, often, as you know, I'm involved in another podcast, the Positive Sobriety Podcast, where we talk to a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts. And very often the story of the beginning of alcohol abuse or drug abuse is uh, suddenly I knew how to, suddenly I had the courage or I knew how to, you know, my fear melted and I was able to, you know, uh, enjoy the party. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a bit of a revelation. I hadn't even thought about how difficult group work can be for somebody who is really introverted, but, uh, which, yeah, gosh. Okay. Step away from, from your, uh, scholastic role for a second, Carolyn Weil. Uh, (laughs) you mentioned to me when I brought this up that years ago, uh, maybe, 15 years ago, you walked into a prayer meeting that I was leading and I did something incredibly insensitive to a certain <laughs> introvert. Did you, make you, I mean, did you make her stand up and introduce herself? I, I don't remember. She's <laughs> going to have knows. to tell the story. Uh, go ahead. What, what happened? Nate already like, knows. Go ahead, because this, uh, this yeah. goes into the group situation Nate was talking about, <laughs> right. and I'm the, I'm the asshole. Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, what? I walked hey, in no, the room. You're not that confident about it. <laughs> Well, if you already know it, Aaron, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I walked in the room and Aaron pointed at me and said, you are going to share tonight. And that is terrifying both yeah. to as an introvert and as somebody who is a nonverbal processor. Like, I need my time to think things through. Yes. So, like, when somebody calls me the day of a podcast and says, we need you to come talk hey, and be a part of this. Uh, come on. <laughs> I was giving you a I, chance to be mean to me. <laughs> I need my time to think through an answer and be prepared. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, obviously that's going to be a challenge uh, as an introvert. So, Was there some so, other point to that, Aaron? So what? <laughs> oh, no, you just kick me. It's fine. <laughs> what right. What happened that night? Was it horrible? Did you fail? Did you feel um, crushed? Or did you I, rise no. to the occasion and find that it was good that you were challenged? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying hard here. I'm trying um, so hard. Thankfully, I did not have to share right at the beginning. So I went and sat in my seat and I spent the next half hour figuring out what I was going to say so that when I was then called on to share, I knew what I wanted to talk about. Um, and so then it was fine. Yes. So um, so here's here's the point. Uh, you don't have to save me from this. Uh, what I had, I, I had mentioned to you earlier, what can we do? to help in a, in a world that seems to lean towards extroverts' mm-hmm. natural uh, propensities. Yeah. And introverts are kind of on the outside. Uh, some things maybe introverts need to step into and, and not just be coddled. Right. But at the same time, they need some sensitive sensitivity too. So evidently, Nate's an extrovert as well. So help us out a little bit. With understanding, like, yes, I was insensitive to you that night. I was in probably my <laughs> mid-20s when that happened. Uh, but how can people understand how to help? Um, I, I think part of the, the issue I'm having right now is that we're talking about it as though it's a disease or something oh, that needs man. to be helped. Yeah. <laughs> how can we be sensitive and not... Never no. mind. Go how ahead. Can we, how can I, we appreciate the uh, special gifting of an introvert and oh, allow them? So when I pull the I'll, short bus up to your house, <laughs> where do you want dropped off? I, I think what we want as introverts, what we want people to know is that we do like people. We want to be around yeah. you. Uh, we want to be asked. We want to be invited. And we want you to understand that sometimes we're going to say no. Um, and that partly that's just because we are going to know that we need time alone or we need time apart. Um, I actually asked my daughter, who's also an introvert and an Enneagram five, just like her mom. I asked her right before this podcast, I was like, what would you want the world to know about introverts? And she said, 
we like to do things too. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's what we want people to know yeah. is that we do enjoy other people. We need other people. Just give us some, some space in between parties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you leave parties early? I, I leave parties uh, early. I, I would like to leave parties early. My husband doesn't always want to, but yeah. <laughs> I, yes, I w- my energy starts high and goes down quickly during any kind of social interaction. So I'm enjoying it, but I can feel myself being drained as the time is going on. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Nate, I have so much trouble believing you're an extrovert. I mean, there's so... That I'm an extrovert or an introvert? No, I believe you're an introvert. I have yes. trouble believing you're an extrovert. Very good. Mm. I, because I... I, I I I think I swallowed the message that to be a good leader, I had to be an extrovert. So I learned how to work a room. And I do, I mean, I love, in short bursts, I mean, I love a full room and I love the excitement, but I wear out quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, this goes back to what Carolyn said. And then I've, you, and you it's ha- not about you not loving people. No, you love people, mm-hmm. but I watch your battery just like diminish, <laughs> and then you, you've gotten you used to have a very early bedtime. Yeah, which I think was maybe some kind of mechanism of I have to leave because I have an early yeah, bedtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I and I love my early mornings when when it's just mm. me and a journal, and God, and the sun, you know what I mean? Or if I'm just taking a walk with one guy, which I do at least one guy every morning. And if I can have those two, if I can have that conversation where I'm processing thing with, uh, things with, with, with one guy, and when I've got some time alone, that really sets me up for the day. Okay, that being said, mm-hmm. let's, let's ask a question that I hope I'm not the only person that that is asking this. Yeah. I was a part of a leadership uh, 360 survey. I, I had to do this leadership thing yeah. years ago, or I chose to. Right. Had a very extensive Myers-Briggs thing. And I was right in the middle of everything except introvert, extrovert. I was extreme extrovert. Really? Extra, like 98%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and this is early 20s, again, mm-hmm. when I was being cruel to introverts at prayer meetings. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, back then, during those days. Yeah. But then, over the years, uh, man, as I was a part of larger churches, yeah. where anyone that walked up to me, I, I started getting flinchy. Yeah, What, right. what uh-huh. do you want from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not that I didn't love these people. It's that I had limited resources that were getting sapped. Right, yeah. So I started hiding from people, mm-hmm. which is odd for an extrovert. So sure. I thought maybe I went from being an extreme extrovert yeah. to an introvert. So I believed you could shift from one to the other. Yeah. And as I was thinking about that today, I started thinking about Scotland last year. Yeah. And when we were in Edinburgh... Mm-hmm. I did not come home earlier than two or three in the morning, regardless of who wanted to come with me. Right. And I was up at seven in the morning trying to find like a coffee shop, like a Turkish coffee shop yeah, with yeah, some yeah. Turkish people to talk yeah, yeah. to. Yeah. And I went, huh, nope, that seems pretty extroverted. Pretty extroverted. I, I've yeah. got to say. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. And it, I always left the pub early and went, and I was, you know, I, I was just, I was in the sack by 10. Man, we're, Yeah. I've I've got some great memories of Tom Mocha and Brian Kay at three in the morning <laughs> in the uh, cemetery that had the Harry Potter names on the, okay. the gravestones. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that that made me think maybe I hadn't changed. What's going on? So Carolyn, for those people that throughout their life feel like they've gone from one to the other, do you have any explanation? We'll we'll make this practical for guys later. So stick with us. Yeah. But can you change? Do you think? And this comes to a spectrum thought. Yeah, I definitely have my own opinion on that because obviously introvert and extrovert are two ends of a continuum. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can range in in between sections of the continuum, but I don't think you can switch from being an extrovert to being an introvert. And I would agree more with um, the author that you were talking about that I think it is more of a neurological thing yeah. that you are either created as an introvert or created as an extrovert. Um, and you that can shift over time in terms of how introverted or extroverted you are. Um, I definitely was a lot more introverted as a child. And as I learned more and more about how much I enjoy being around people, I have become much more social. And in fact, that's usually how I describe myself as a social introvert, that I love people and I love connecting 
but it's tiring. And so I do want to go home from the party early. I want to go, I want to show up and I want to talk with, you know, one or two people individually, Yeah. but then I want to go home and go to bed early like you, Nate. So, yeah. um, and I don't think that that can necessarily shift over time. I don't think I can become an extrovert. I, I don't think that is possible. Susan Cain says that an introvert can act uh, very extra in a very extroverted manner, and she uses uh, as an uh, illustration or example, uh, you know, a, a, a very very popular uh, lecturer, uh, high school uh, or college professor, uh, who's just you, you would think from watching him on stage or from watching him, you know, in the lecture hall and. Uh, the way he writes, you know, he's asked to write hundreds of recommendation letters for his students every year. You know, this very, very popular, outgoing guy who's actually a freaking introvert. <laughs> um, she says that that an introvert can act in an extroverted manner in the service of a life purpose or a life mission. Without, and it's and it it's not quite as draining because they're they're operating. They're being driven by mission and purpose. And so they're not being false. They're really not faking it. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing something that doesn't come completely naturally, but because they're doing it in the service of a life mission, it has integrity. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I found that comforting and appealing. So that I'm not act- – maybe I'm not being a fraud when I act like an extrovert. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, I'm not going to speak for you, Carolyn, but I feel like that fraud feeling is buying into the you don't like people, you don't love people, you don't serve people unless you act like an extrovert. The other great point that she makes, and it's interesting, this author, uh, it's quite clear, she's not a Christian, but she's (laughs) – she. uh, by the way, she visits Saddleback Church. Uh, and discusses it with a with a Presbyterian minister who wrote a book about introverts and how uh, evangelicalism tends to cater to the extrovert ideal. Okay, and so she sees all of these examples of extroversion at, on the saddleback. She also goes to a Tony Robbins seminar. It's absolutely hilarious the way she describes oh, the Tony Robbins. Man, seminar. I'd like to hear that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she says. Um, but she's hung out enough with Christians. Uh, she's somewhat biblically literate, and she use, she says that one is not superior to the other. And when an extrovert and an introvert can team up, it's unbelievable what they can accomplish. And she uses as an example Moses and Aaron. Moses very introverted, uh, you know, and did not you know not comfortable speaking in front of people. You know, just didn't want to do it. He'd mm-hmm. rather stay in the backside of the desert. Quite comfortable back there, you right. know. Right. And 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 he's got this and, extroverted brother. Right. Aaron's like, there's some space to fill. Let's build a golden calf and worship it. That's the only an extrovert can pull that off. <laughs> but Moses is the one who goes off and hears from God. But then he tells Aaron what to say when they when they're going to go to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, you know, God says, Aaron will speak for you. I thought that yeah, that was a, that was. But a- Nate will tell him what to say. I see. I see what you're setting up here, Nate. <laughs> I'll get yeah. I'll give you your script later. Aaron. Go on. Sorry. No, no. I'm, I'm finished. I've finished my thought completely. I'd love to hear Carolyn's reaction to that. Well, I I will say what came to mind is I have a group of about four or five other women that I meet with pretty regularly, um, and two of us in the group are extroverts, and the, the other three are introverts. Um, and it's great to have that mix because mm-hmm. the introverts get to kind of sit and listen and relax and let the extroverts take over, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's. It's exhausting when it's just a group of introverts together because then you really have to work a lot harder at the conversation. <laughs> but when you can pair up with an extrovert, it actually makes it a lot easier even just within friendships. Um, and so that, that I would agree with that statement that pairing up introverts and extroverts is probably a good thing. Maybe this is why I really like doing events with Aaron. Maybe that's the deal. Exactly. Yeah. Man, it's that's a strange thought because I always enjoy doing stuff with Dane because he was so social, uh-huh. 
And I, I still think you are social in a soft way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I don't know what I, I, I like going to the background, and then coming out and like hitting something, and then running back to the shadows. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll have to think about this. You're throwing this out last minute. Now, one of the things what makes me wonder about you, Aaron, because I do know this. There, you have these periods of incredible productivity when you will disappear for a couple of weeks and write a book or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you, and, and you go off the grid, man. You freaking disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you had lot, you got lots of friends on the West Coast and the, the, you know, they had boats and cabins and basements and things and, right. and vacant houses to offer and you could go someplace to retreat. You're on the East Coast now. Uh, or, or you're not in the East Coast. You're in the you're in the I, South. Yeah, yes. all the. I've got the back of a minivan in my driveway. That's <laughs> that's what you're trying to say. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you miss having those places to go? Yeah. I okay. First, before I answer that, uh, the ambivert. Uh huh. Carolyn, is there an ambivert? <laughs> what? Give Give me your opinion because when I read about it, I still feel like I'm an extrovert. But then I can seriously disappear for up to eight or ten days and just focus on a thing and yeah. be super happy to disappear. That's not very extroverted, but you, you give me give me something here. <laughs> I think the idea of an ambivert is kind of controversial. There okay. are definitely people who would agree that there that such a thing exists. I happen to to be of the opinion that I think being an actual true ambivert is a very rare thing. Okay. Um, because, like a unicorn. Right. Like, okay. look at the definition of introvert versus extrovert. Introverts get energy from being alone. Extroverts mm-hmm. get energy from being around people. Right. To find somebody who actually gets energy from both all the time, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Okay, so all um, the time. That's an interesting thing you're adding to yes. that thought. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's important because even as an introvert, I can say, well, I feel energized after being around people. Like I, I do because I enjoy it, but as time goes on, it wears me out. Mm. Um, so my true feeling comes from being alone and having that alone time. So having, finding somebody to get, that can truly be filled up by both things, I think is pretty rare. Um, but like we were saying, it exists on a continuum. So you can right. have a, a much more extroverted introvert and yet still be an introvert. Do you, do you know what I love about that? Um, back to what you asked, Nate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love just being alone for chunks of time. Mm-hmm. And I love just being around people constantly for, tons, uh, for chunks of time. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But what Carolyn just said essentially was, yeah, because it's a continuum, you don't get to decide who someone is based on any of these categories. You have to actually know them, which in an extroverted leaning society where we're at is what introverts need the most is someone to care to actually know what they're thinking or feeling. And yeah, am I, am I interpreting you right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for decades I have told people I need to be interviewed so if we're going to have a conversation, I need you to ask me questions and really specific questions. If you just say, how was your day? I'm going to say, fine, and wait to see if you actually want to know more. Um, because that's part of it. For introverts to, to share, we need to feel safe and we need to know that you really want to know the answers. I think extroverts, it's a lot easier for them to just start talking and whoever wants to listen can. Um, but introverts need to share with oh, people who feel safe. Yeah. All right. Well, Nate and I are going to uh, uh, figure out how to make this practical in just a moment. We've got <laughs> someone at the door, and we are going to let you go. But we appreciate your time, Carolyn Weil. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, it was it was it was such a delight to have you on the show, and you got a <laughs> you got a great voice for radio. You really do. Ooh. Yeah. Well, thank wonderful. you. I'll, I'll have to come back sometime. Yeah. Okay. All right. We will be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
And we are back on the Pirate Monk podcast. Uh, I don't know what you were expecting from your introvert book, uh, <laughs> but I, I did want to hear a little bit more from you. Um, as I was thinking through this today and writing some notes and writing to Carolyn asking her to be here, I thought the, the biggest thing that came to mind was I think there are unique challenges for other people that are walking through relationships, yeah. walking through recovery, yeah. that I probably have just assumed, okay, they're going through the same journey I am. Yeah, yeah. And all of this that we've talked about makes me think, oh my gosh, here's yet another thing that I clearly have no idea what another person's going through that I need yeah. to ask more questions before yeah. I just assume I know. Yeah, and I think we have to, what this has really helped me to do is to think more realistically about um, my expectations for myself because I sometimes have unrealistic expectations for myself. In, in what way? Like I will ooh. set myself up on a an absolutely exhausting speaking tour. Okay. That just wears my ass out. Or, or I'll, I'll just overcommit and not give myself time. Because you're not recognizing what you personally need right. to re your recovery time. Exactly. It's like planning a big workout every day. And it comes right down, we're talking about this bus tour. Mm -hmm. So when we first talk about the bus tour, I've got it, I've got it figured out. So I tell Tom, look, we need two days in each town. That means we can do three towns a week with a day <laughs> off. And, I, and I've got it. There's no travel time worked into well, that at all? No, no, we're traveling at night. At we night. have a driver. Oh, oh, oh great. We're, we fall asleep. Okay. We fall asleep. We wake up in the next town. It's perfect. That's why you take the bus. <laughs> okay. Okay? Let's but go. I've got it clicking off. And in three months, we're doing 36 cities. And it's, and and Tom looks at me like I'm crazy. And then all and then this starts to think in. Uh, it starts to, starts to sink in as, Tom, he's got some introverted... Uh, you know, tendencies that, I mean, he, he gets his therapy. He's got to get away and he's, he's a very friendly guy and very social and loves people, but uh -huh. he also needs some private time to recharge. So do I. And, uh, and man, he's gone three months is a long time. And is three, long time, yeah. is three cities a week realistic or are we going to burn people out? Don't we have to set it up realistically so that everybody has – the people who need time to recharge have that time? When you told me that and you said, and we're going to make sure to video this yeah. so that people my, – my first thought was – you're just trying to make a reality show because we're going to freaking kill each other within a month and a half. No doubt. That's, it just seemed like a recipe yeah. for a lack of margins, yeah. which, I mean, come on. Isn't, this, isn't that the dumbest part of ministry, that you go out to try to encourage men to do something yeah. while betraying the very concept as you go along? Yeah. That's not cool. No, no. All that to say, we've backed it down to say we're going right. to go see two people next next March. We're going to shoot. We're going to shoot. <laughs> we're going to shoot for two cities a week, and we're going to and we're going to schedule in plenty of uh, recreation time, mm -hmm. and and give guys also alone time, personal time. So that it really does operate like a retreat mm -hmm. as well as there's balance. As well as a mission trip. Yeah. Especially for the guys who crew the bus. Yeah. Crew the ship. That's it. Come on. Oh, crew the ship. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that is very cool. I, I hope uh I hope for you introverts out there that you feel honored that uh just because you live in a world check this out. We didn't say this, but this kind of blew my mind. If, if we live in a world right now that honors extroverts, yes. in an earlier conversation, uh, it was brought up like, wait, what, what percentage of the world were farmers, blacksmiths just sitting mm -hmm. there with some like apprentice they kick around? Yeah. Like the world throughout history was mostly geared for introverts. Yes. Very few people had life at court. Right, yeah, yeah. So it is a recent phenomena that it's made this shift. Yeah. So you introverts, like, A, yes, it's hard, for sure. Yeah. And 
you, you need to learn to ask for what you need, I think. Yeah. Like you can't just wait for extroverts to figure you out. Right. But at the same time, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. It was just as wacky for that poor extroverted farmer, surf farmer in Britain <laughs> in 1322. Right. That sucked. He was talking to his horse all day. He right. was working on some jokes, talking about his feelings, <laughs> telling some stories from his childhood. <laughs> But uh, I, I hope you feel like you're not alone. I think that's what I hope yeah. from this conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been a fascinating conversation. It's so good, man, to have you back in the room, back oh at the table. Gosh, well, yeah. I've needed to be back in this room. Yeah. I mean, this has been since what? It's been know. a long time since I've been in the room. Yeah. This whole COVID thing, we've been doing it remotely, and then you took off for parts unknown, and you know. I know. Okay. And now we're back. We're back. It's exciting. All right. Well, it's been an enjoyable time, but I've got to go uh, got host some, a virtual Samson meeting here. we got some meetings to go to. Yeah. So, cool. I guess we're going to sign off. Until next time, then, I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. And we are your pals on the Pi- a Pirate Monk podcast. <laughs>